you're listening to the audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. Glad you can join us on American RVer. We have a special show for you. We traveled to Elkhart, Indiana and stopped into the RVMH Hall of Fame and Museum. Al Hesselbart, museum historian, took us on a wonderful tour of this must-see facility. We'll even show you more in the next show. That's how big the Hall of Fame is. We also have another tech tip focusing on battery maintenance for your RV. So sit back and enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us on this edition of American RVer. We've come to the Midwest and we've come to Indiana. And of course, Indiana and of course, Northern Indiana, the Elkhart region is known for manufactured housing. It's known for mobile homes. It's known for RV manufacturing. And so no visit to Elkhart is complete without a visit to the RVMH Hall of Fame, which is recreational vehicle, Mobile Home Hall of Fame. And with me today is Al Hasselbart, and he is the historian here at the Hall of Fame, and he's gonna take us on a little tour, talk to us about it, and give you some insight into where the RV industry has come from and where it is today. Thank you for joining me today, Al. Well, we're glad to have the American RVer here at the Hall of Fame. Just to start a little bit, this institution was founded in Washington, D.C. Oh, not in Elkhart, Indiana. Not in Elkhart, Indiana. <laughs> okay. And in Washington, D.C., it was founded as a Hall of Fame to honor people, mm. the movers and shakers who have built the industry through the years. Mm -hmm. Shortly, it began to move around the country as a file folder. It, had, it was a Hall of Fame without a hall. Okay. And so it resided in the office of whoever was that year's chairman of the Hall of Fame. Okay. In 1985, it found a home in Elkhart, at first in a rented office in a local bank, and then in 1990, we created our first home, which was a smaller building downtown Elkhart. Okay. And that was donated by the city of Elkhart? The land it was donated uh -huh. for the city of Elkhart and some of the funding to build that building. Okay. Then we began to collect units and form a museum. So it became more than just this file folder? More, more than a file folder. The Hall of Fame got displayed with pictures and stories of those industry giants and we started a Hall of Fame and a library of archival literature through the years. We quickly outgrew that. Starting in 1990, by the late 90s, we had crowded that out of existence, and we began raising money for this structure, and by 2005, we broke ground, and in 2007, moved into this 80,000 square foot glorious building this that is, is now our home. This is a fantastic building. It really is. Yeah, it's just beautifully landscaped on the outside, lots of space on the inside. 
great display space. And room to grow. Oh, even better. Well, what we're going to do is just take a little tour of the facility itself, see how RVs began, and see where they've come to up to as early as today. And or that, as late as today, if you want to say it yeah. that way. And that's quite a story, because we do begin our exhibits with the oldest RV in existence from 1913. Awesome. So we can follow the whole story. Okay, let's go take a look. Okay. At the beginning of this American journey, learning about RVs, we come to a 1913 model, which Al, you told me just a minute ago, was basically a hard-covered tent. Yes, <laughs> yes. The, the early campers were tent campers. Mr. Earl, a professor at Cal State University, was a botanist who traveled a field. Mm -hmm. And he commissioned this camper to replace his tent as a more comfortable field bedroom, okay. which does have a pantry and a wardrobe area to provide him comfortable housing when traveling yeah. a field. and he just pulled that behind his car. Yes. Right, okay, so 1913, let's move on down the road. Okay, and show some of the evolution. This is a 1916. This looks like the back end of a pickup truck. And it's very much like the back end of a pickup truck. This camper, identified as a telescoping apartment, fits on the back of a Model T Ford runabout. Oh. And the bed area telescopes out. And the remarkable thing from that telescope then is that from each side, Circa 1916 is a slide out. That's what There's, I'm thinking. Yeah, slide outs aren't a new invention. Slide outs aren't that new. <laughs> 1916, this unit had multiple slides. Yeah, I can see the kitchen out over here. It's got the Coleman stove. Got a stove and a pantry. And, and if, then on the other side is a bureau for our clothing and needs. And so if you think about it, not only did the vehicles themselves start back here in the 1913s and beyond, but Coleman products and all those accessories that go with living outdoors also started back in that time period. Yes, they actually grew out of the camping fraternities that right. Civil War Daniel Boone and his cohorts right. used camping equipment yeah. and we've just upgraded it into our RVs. And made it more comfortable. Let's continue on down the road, Al. Okay. Al, I'm excited you brought me inside one of these antique um, RVs. This one actually has a motor on it. It's a 1931 Model A house car. Yes. I like it. This, this is one of the early, we say motor homes, but that wasn't in use until the 50s. Oh. From the teens, 20s, and 30s, and this is a 31, mm -hmm. these vehicles were house cars much like the trailers were identified as house trailers, identifying that they had a kitchen and a bed. Doesn't say it was a residence. Right. So a house car was a drivable RV of the 20s and 30s. And this is just a striking example of the early builder's art with glorious woodwork, hardwood floor, just 
all kinds of things that we don't see in anything but the ultra high lines today. Right, and someone has come in and fully restored this? Yes, yes. This was actually discovered buried in a barn in Alabama oh. by a gentleman who tried for several years to convince its owner to sell it. And he finally got it, and through the 90s, he restored it to this very close to original condition. And all the drawer pulls, all the hinges, everything is original in this. I can't imagine how you'd even find those parts, but that's probably a whole other story. <laughs> but now he has donated that to the Hall of Fame. Yes, yes. And as most of these RVs that are here, they've, they've all been donated, right? That's correct. We have never had a fund for acquisition. So our 60 plus vintage units that we have, have all either been donated by its owner or the funds to buy them individually uh -huh. donated by a benefactor. Are you still looking for more? We're always looking for more, but we are now filled to the gills <laughs> okay. and have a few units in storage we have not yet okay. displayed. Okay. So we're not looking real hard. Yes, I understand. <laughs> well, this is a fantastic little place. Um, I think it seems very comfortable. I presume the couch folds down into yes. the bed. It's got the kitchen, Coleman stove probably over there, pantry, icebox. This is the first one I've seen with the icebox. Yes, and that's... Yeah. For the early 1930s, it's all the comforts of home. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on and see some more of these vintage trailers. Great. Wait a minute, I don't speak German. <laughs> <laughs> what is this little uh, Airstream that we're looking at? This is a 10-foot Airstream Dirkliner print, the Little Prince in oh. English. And this was built by Wally Byam, founder of Airstream, as a prototype for his intent to enter the European caravan market. Oh. When he got this built, he decided he didn't like it and killed the project. And thus this 10 foot Airstream is the only 10 foot Airstream ever built. Okay, let's see inside. It is remarkable in that it is a completely fully equipped RV. It has a bathroom, it has a shower, it has a kitchen. It has all of the appointments of a 28-foot Airstream in a 10-foot box. And it still looks pretty tall, too, like you could stand up in it. Yes, cool. but the bed is quite short. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've jumped ahead a little bit, Al. We're now in the 1950s, and some of the differences that I see right off the bat are I, have a, I see an aluminum wall here aluminum instead skin of as opposed wood. to wood. Yeah. And uh, inside, we've got a regular refrigerator. The ice boxes are now gone. Yes, yes. And it seems like the stoves are a little more permanent rather than a Coleman or other kind of stove that just sits on top of a counter. Yes, and most of those features are innovations that happened during World War II. Oh, okay. The, the innovation was done for military purposes right. and carried into the camping industry. We developed propane stoves instead of pumped up gasoline stoves. Right. We got a lot better with using aluminum because we used them on airplanes and all kinds of things. Sure. So we got to aluminum skins. We, and it was lighter. Uh-huh. So 
the this unit and the one across from it, everything in our site right here, are actually 1954. Okay. All from that same era. Right. More creature comforts, more family friendly, and more conveniences. Yeah, I see beds, I see a hammock in one of them. Uh, still nice uh, wood on the inside, so you can and you can still stand up. Yes. But you've got a regular dining table now with bench seats. So, yeah, they're really quite nice. And this one over here is a Shasta. You said that has actually a gravity feed water instead yeah. of a pump. Right. In the early days, the water pumps were not very reliable, uh -huh. and some of them used a pressure water system where you filled a container half full of water and then went with a gas station tire pump and pressurized it. And as long as you had air pressure, you had running water. But when the pressure went out, you had to get back to the gas station <laughs> to get running More water. <laughs> and so that wasn't really reliable, but gravity didn't break. And so some, as this camper, had the water reservoir in the ceiling and used gravity flow water into the sink. So these are some great innovations that have now allowed us to have the RVs that we have today. This was the start of the modern era and opposed to the rustic era, perhaps. Yes, okay, great. Well, let's continue on down, Al. Al, I think since we're in the 50s, we still have to talk a little bit about pop-up campers as opposed, as opposed to fully enclosed ones. And I've been looking at these two right here, and they're very different. Yes, they are. They are, are kind of two extremes of the immediate post-war pop-up mm -hmm. type. The Ranger here was the first pop-up type camper to use fiberglass, both for oh. its tub and its lid. Mm -hmm. And so this was an extremely modern version. Yeah, when that's down, to me, it looks like the back end of a car. Oh, it looks almost nautical. It looks like yeah. it ought to be flipped upside down and float. But yes, <laughs> but it is. It's a fiberglass tub and a fiberglass roof. And another feature on it is that it has a slide-out trumbull bed as the expandable bed. So your whole family, one, two, three, four, five people can sleep here. Plus, it's got a little kitchenette yes. kind of area in And it. the kitchen is novel in that the two burner stove is on a very long hose designed to be brought outside and cook on the picnic table right outside. Oh nice, okay. So, so it's a little more versatile than, yes. than perhaps this one. And the Easy is Camper is actually a prototype and not a production model. Mm -hmm. This company prototyped out of wood and saved their final prototype, which is here. In production, this had a steel base. Okay. But it is really just for sleeping. Yes. I didn't see any other amenities in that. Not even a closet. Right. Right. There, it's just two beds. Gets and you of up course, off the it ground. has a privacy curtain, so it's a two bedroom, beds only. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> okay. As we look down this aisle, we move from the 50s into the 60s with styles and features of RVs. The green unit is 
the very first trailer produced in the 60s by the Coachman Company, which became one of the world's largest. That's unique in that it is serial number one for Coachman. Really? We'll return with more of the Hall of Fame, plus a new tech tip right after this. An RV service facility and dealership should put the customer first. The service writers, office staff, techs, and salespeople must be geared towards making the customer happy and coming up with solutions for any problem. This customer first attitude is found in the Southeast's best sales and service center, Alliance Coach. Customer service sets Alliance Coach apart from other dealerships. With full service bays, a customer campground and lounge, reasonable rates, and knowledgeable staff, they guarantee your satisfaction. Experience a different kind of RV service center. Experience Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida. It's time for a tech tip, brought to you by Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida. Hello, my name is Michael Hawkins, Service Director here at Alliance Coach. Today we're going to be discussing batteries, chassis batteries and house batteries, and how to properly maintain your batteries throughout the seasons. Uh, the batteries are your lifeblood of your motorhome. Uh, your, your chassis batteries are your starting batteries, batteries that are going to be running your radio, things of that nature. When you come to your batteries, when the tray is shut, we want to look at obvious signs of corrosion. Are we able to open our battery trays? If we are, we pull these out and we take a look at our batteries. We're going to take a look at the tops of our batteries. We're going to take a look at all the connections, make sure we have really tight, clean connections. This set of chassis batteries is a sealed battery, so it's maintenance free. So you're not going to be adding any water or anything to these batteries. You're just going to be maintaining connections, checking for corrosion, obvious signs of corrosion on our slide trays and on our batteries. We're going to move now to our house batteries, which are able to be maintained with distilled water. Um, these, batteries, these batteries are equipped with a device um, that you can pump distilled water in with a bulb, fill the water levels up. Checking these batteries, you would just need to pop these tops. They just are a quarter turn. You would take these off and check the levels in your battery. Like your chassis batteries with your house batteries, you just want to check connections, make sure your connections are tight, corrosion free, and just make sure that that everything is, is safe and tight and you want to look for corrosion all over the battery compartment. If you start seeing corrosion in the battery compartment, you need to get it cleaned out, rust-oleum, and get it repainted because the, the, the corrosion can cause major problems down the road for you. Thanks for watching this month's Tech Tip, sponsored by Alliance Coach. Now we've come back to the 30s to look at an aluminum RV and it's the brand that Airstream copied. This is how they came up with their design for their Airstreams? Yes, this is a Bolus Road Chief trailer. Holly Bolus, who built this, was an early aluminum pioneer and the leading builder of gliders, sailplanes in the world. Oh. He also was the man who headed the project to build the Spirit of St. Louis for Lindbergh's flight. Ah. He began building this very unique trailer with a pointed boat tail and a over-the-tongue front door with the segmented roof. Mm -hmm. 
but he couldn't sell them and Airstream picked this company up out of bankruptcy in 36 to begin making their aluminum trailers because from 32 to 36, Airstream was a Masonite sided trailer. Oh, no kidding. Well, I'm glad they did that because Airstream is one of the RVs that's most well recognized on the Oh, road. certainly. They're, they're an icon to the whole RV industry is yeah. the aluminum Airstream. Right, absolutely. Yes. We have some real specialty vehicles here at the uh, Hall of Fame. So, Al, what's this blue one that we're looking at here? The blue one here is one of our pride and joy. That's a 1931 Chevrolet-based house car that was especially made as a presentation to the movie star Mae West when she left the vaudeville stage and joined Paramount to make movies. Nice, so that was like the first uh, RV that the stars could just yeah, relax the, the and celebrity RV. <laughs> and this RV is not a camper. It doesn't include a bed. It is a traveling lounge. Okay. Al, this is so cool. This is a Cadillac. This is a Cadillac. This is a Cadillac of Cadillacs. This is a gold Cadillac of Cadillacs. <laughs> this very unique RV was built by Mr. Paul Jones of Cape Coral, Florida as a hobby vehicle after he retired as a B-52 pilot. Oh. So he took a 1976 Cadillac Eldorado front-wheel drive automobile, pulled the body off, and replaced it with this spaceship-looking vehicle, which is a fully equipped camper with a stove, a refrigerator, a toilet, everything you could need on a Cadillac frame. Is this the first time we're seeing actual toilets in RVs? No, this was actually built in the 1980s. Oh, and sure. And we have some toilets in the late 30s. Okay. but not very many. Okay. I love this. I, just the look of it, the uh, wings on the back. It's almost like you could, like you said, it's a spaceship looking thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> Appropriate for a pilot, perhaps. Perhaps. Al, thanks for showing me all around. I sure did enjoy myself today. We sure enjoyed having you here. Yeah, it's been great. Now, I know that the it costs money to keep something like this going. Yes, it certainly does. Tell me about some of the fundraising efforts that you have in place right now that maybe some of us can help with. Well, we, ha we have a campaign going right now, which is an offered $100,000 match that if we are able to raise $100,000 between now and the end of August, we have a family who will match it or double everyone's oh, gift given during this time period. Uh -huh. And that will be a big help. In building this building, we incurred some debt that is due, uh -huh. and we're working to get right with the world. Our traffic has been excellent. Our overhead is being covered, but we do have some debt to pay off, mm -hmm. and we've got some very generous people trying to help us, and this $100,000 matching gift to give us 100000 if we can raise 100000 
just makes it real special to be able to double everyone's gift. But the gift has to be in by August 31st. Ha gift has to be in our hands by August 31st. Okay. Well, listen, we at American RV appreciate all your time, and we're going to give you our gift. And so now we'll get that matched, and maybe you'll get Wonderful. a little bit closer to your goal. Wonderful. Every bit helps. And we've got wonderful gifts from companies as big as Camping World, and we're glad to have American RVer as part of that list. Thank, thank you. You're very welcome, and thank you, Al. So remember, if you'd like to help the RVMH Hall of Fame continue, um, be generous. Get in touch with the organization. They'll tell you exactly where to send your check. Oh, and if you want to um, call, what's the phone number here, Al? Phone number here is 800 378-8694 or secure gifts can be made through our website rvmhhalloffame.org Okay, thanks Al and thanks for joining us on this edition of American RVer. We'll see you next time. the best RV sales and service center in the southeast, call Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida at 866-888-8941 or go to www.alliancecoach.com.